listening to the GCU Law Podcast. On this week's episode, we talk to Drew McCusker. We talk to Drew about his route into a career as a solicitor and the Glass Network, an organisation for Scotland's LGBT plus and allied legal professionals, which Drew founded. Drew shares his experiences and imparts some advice for law students today. Thank you for listening and we hope that you enjoy the episode. So hello and welcome to the GCU Law Podcast. My name is Sinead Stevenson-McCabe. I'm a lecturer in law at GCU and I'm here today with Lucy Mackay, the student director of our law clinic, and Drew McCusker, a solicitor and founder of the Glass Network. So thank you for me, Drew, for joining us today. It's so lovely to speak to you. Um, you Sinead's introduced you, so I won't make you introduce yourself again. But we'll just want to have a chat about your career journey and then the work that you do. But so we'll just start at the beginning, I suppose. And if you want to tell us kind of how you got into law, why you chose to do law. I think I went into law because I didn't quite know what I wanted to do. I had a real interest in people's stories. I remember reading um, like in my last few years of high school, uh, lots of articles about I think at that point it was about women in Iraq and their experiences of conflict. And I thought it'd be really interesting to be able to get into people's lives like that and be trusted with that information and, and teach it, I guess. Um, so I went into law and actually did law and philosophy for my first year. Um, but I realised that I hate courses that have no answer. So I dropped <laughs> quite quickly. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I did a law um, at Glasgow and it was, it was really, it was really exciting and different. Um, as a student, I wasn't a very good student. I was kind of, I was a nice person um, for the most part. And I, but I was very bad at studying. Um, and I think that's because it's university, it's the first time you are an adult, your choices are yours. And as a, as like a young gay man who like, previously lived in a farmhouse in the middle of near Ayrshire being in the city was razzle dazzle it was great um, and it was you know the first time that I lived out away from home and I got a life that was very much mine and so I kind of went a bit um I, 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 I did fine I wasn't that good at, at studying um, and just like going out and meeting people um, yeah. um so yeah I did that and I think my third and fourth year I kind of got a bit bit more into academia and I got the study subjects that I actually really enjoyed human rights public law European law um, and then the fourth year actually I did a, a law of the United Nations law right, like peacekeeping and stuff like that in it and I really enjoyed UN law. And then from uni where did you did you go straight to the diploma or did you No I had this like bizarre thing I I was very adamant um Pardon me. I was very adamant, I think, from at the beginning of um, the LLB that I didn't want to be a qualified solicitor. I was very much like, no, nope, I don't want to do it. I just don't want to be in an office all day. And so, but I really loved human rights and I really loved the fight for equality. So I, I said to one of my professors, what do I do? How do what do I do to make this bigger? And he said, oh, um, go to Essex. So I did a master's um, immediately following my LLB um, down at Essex University. It's a master's in international human rights law and international law of armed conflict. And um, because I wanted to see what would happen to human rights when they were put under the most intense pressure um, of, you know, of war. Like, you know, where is the, where, where do we tip? Where do we, where does the, does the cracks appear? 
um, and it was really, it was really exciting. Um, and it was a really great opportunity for me to really carve my own skills and kind of find out what values I had. And um, it was a really, that was a really hard year though. I think I got, I think um, I got really, I got really lonely, got really isolated. Um, I was, I moved away from all my friends who were doing the diploma or still in Glasgow and the city. And it was just really hard. I remember I felt very, I think a lot of people feel that this at university at some stage, I felt very low and there were some points, some weeks, you just can't get out of bed. And it takes a lot of energy to just to get through that. Um, but anyway, I think paid out in the long term and um, so I, I did a I, I did a little I did my paper I did a paper on the violation of media professionals rights to expression in Sri Lanka and that got um, submitted to the UN General Assembly that was really fun and I I had no experience but I just like worked really hard on this and through all the, the right connections and all the rights whatever it was it got given to the, the right people um, and, um, you know, it's super fun when you're like, what was I, 22? And I could say to my mum, my mum, mum, I'm in the UN! Kind of. <laughs> um, that was kind of cool. Um, and then after, you know, and then after that, I didn't, I knew, well, I wasn't, didn't do the diploma because I just finished my master's and I wanted to learn more practical skills because I never actually did any internships during my LLB, um, which is something I'll, I'll talk about later on. But uh, I decided that I wanted to get, like, um, a good internship. So I worked at the Bovine in, Hilt, uh, in Hilton in Glasgow for about six months, saved up like maybe a few thousand pounds, bought a ticket to Nairobi, couch surfed for a couple of weeks and um, I got an internship at the UNHCR which is the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees and it was really exciting because I was there for six or seven months um, and I had loads of exposure to different regional issues such as South Sudan humanitarian crisis. Then I had to do work for the Uganda's anti-homosexuality bill stroke act. I went to work every day uh, and then you know then you're talking to a Ugandan gay man or bi man because the women and trans women and were kind of were interviewed by women um, and it was so interesting because their experiences of being gay were like completely you know parallel to mine realizing you have these feelings being a bit different keep them to yourself and in high school maybe you kiss somebody or you pass somebody at that point it just went you know, perpendicular um just they were marched out of the classroom and whipped by everybody in the class including their parents were brought in and the teachers and i was just like you know, what had a sensitive conversation conversation with my parents about what it is to love and um, you know and it was so interesting to have these have somebody who doesn't look like you, doesn't sound like you, doesn't dress like you, but have, and I don't even have the same cultural references, but having the same emotional references, um, that was really, uh, made a big difference to me, made a huge impact to me in how wonderful I saw being, being queer is. Um, and I think that's something that I took back. I realized at that point, obviously sort of trying to get back, my career in law, oh, it's been all <laughs> over the place. But at that point I realized, oh, um, lawyers are really important and as a qualified lawyer i can do more for this person for human rights in general than i'm just somebody with a couple of law degrees that i have the skill and professional skill sets to really you know know how to write know how to um, litigate how to advocate
Um, when you started Diploma, did you have and like obviously you wanted to qualify as a solicitor in, in Scotland because you felt that was how you could do your most impactful work. But did you have an idea of where that would take you at that time? Were you thinking about training with firms? Were you thinking about um, just kind of waiting to see what happened in the traineeship front? I think that's the thing a lot of students wonder mm. about is, you know, what point in time does it all um, kind of come together as this bigger plan? And That's a really good question. Um, I, I didn't have any traineeship uh, lined up at all um, and I didn't for a long time I think because I was so adamant I didn't want to be a qualified solicitor I never cared about going for all these things which was to my detriment um, and had to do the legwork for that afterwards and um, I think I wanted I wanted to do the Edinburgh diploma and I was so cocky with like this UN experience like listen I've been with the United Nations me and Angelina are that so I think I think you should give me any traineeship I want and of course all these firms are like great so how are you at corporate law and I'm like as I said me and George Clooney are like that <laughs> um, and you know so I, so I did the, so I did the diploma and I think I just like maybe from maybe from the lessons I learned in my master's where I was uh, you know kind of doing this for me and knowing that I was doing it for my own skill set my own growth and advancement I don't like satisfaction and um, I knew that something would come from it. I just had to be patient. I've made sure that I was like working, working to the best of my, my ability. Um, and I was looking for in for traineeships and work experience and placements the whole time. And I got some, I really like, I really put the graft in. I've got a really good work ethic. That's like my, I've got a really good work ethic. I like working hard. And, uh, and, uh, I was you know, able to look at my parents and family and eventually I got after like maybe a year after my traineeship and after a lot of hard work and um, I got uh, a traineeship with a litigation firm which was great because I like you know talking as I said I think it's really interesting how you're almost like a wizard when you're in court like if you say the right words in the right way with the right effect you can affect you can you know, bring something into into real life and realize something you can persuade a sheriff, you can, you know, bring out the best in a witness. And it's almost like a jewel, just up with words. And I thought, and that was really interesting. And then, so that, there wasn't like a big plan. I just knew that I was really into litigation and I had to work really hard to get at it. And I had so many um, interviews that got no's, no's, no's. And I got so many rejections. Um, and, uh, you know, you take it personally, the first five times or so, um, and then afterwards, you're like, you know what? This is just, this isn't the end result. This is, nobody, nobody watched a film and um, where in the first 10 minutes, everything was solved. No one was like, oh my gosh, what an inspiring 10 minute film that was. If things aren't getting hard and tough, then you're not, you're not really inspiring anybody. If your things are hard and you keep going and you come out the other side, that's a much cooler story. And that's more like, more like life. So eventually I got a litigation traineeship. Um, and it was a really good traineeship um, with Jackson Boyd. I did employment, personal injury, um, general disputes, and um, sort of road traffic accidents. And it was like it was actually really, really useful for me, and it really steered my path. But yeah, so um, I did this like litigation traineeship, and it was really interesting. And it was very kind of um, it was it was very commercial driven and very about insurance work and um, but I know I kind of missed this human rights aspect um, of my work and about the person and I got this um, job offer um, from uh, Livingston Brown which is 
which is in child protection and employment, which is an incredibly different cocktail. Um, one is obviously to do with employment law, and I like equality, non-discrimination work, and then child protection, which like I, I just was really drawn to because I think children are the most vulnerable people in the world, and particularly in the legal system, which is designed for adults. There was something really unique for me to go into child protection um, and try to think about all the stuff that I could bring to that role. Um, and that's how I kind of qualified as a solicitor into child protection and employment. That's really yeah, interesting so. to hear that journey because I think a lot of people think that once you choose your thing, mm-hmm. you're kind of boxed in, but you seem to have done a lot of different bits throughout. So that's really like good to hear. So give us the elevator pitch for the Glass Network. The Glass Network is an organisation that connects LGBT plus legal professionals across Scotland. Um, when we see more and more firms having their internal networks, internal diversity networks, which are great, but LGBT people are across the spectrum and across the jurisdiction. And it's really important actually for all of us to achieve equality, we do it all together. Um, and it's really exciting because the Glass Network then connects different firms who have their own internal networks to firms of maybe a few people, only one of them will be like a lesbian and says, listen, you're with us too. You don't have a network of your work, no worries. You're with us. And together we harmoniously raise the standards for across the, our jurisdiction so that other firms who say, we can do, we haven't got na 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 na. This is the standard now, it's up here. So you have to raise your game. So we work together with firms, organizations, law society to sort of elevate practices to bring people together and to represent us to either represent the LGBT plus community to the law society to the Scottish Courts Tribunal Service and the Justiciary of Scotland and we also make sure that we work to support our other equality groups Women in Law Scotland, Scottish Ethnic Minority Lawyers Association as well as others to come. So you've got a project, the, the Glass Charter project that you've, mm-hmm. you've worked on over a number of years now. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Um, the Glass Charter is this idea that people think equality costs a lot of money. Um, I disagree. There's nothing that respect does not cost anything. Um, there are sometimes, though, sometimes it costs money to set time aside to do something. Like, well, how do we develop whatever um, principles, standards of, of equality? You have other organisations um, in Scotland, Stonewall, for instance, who have, um, you know, do great work. But sometimes it's not accessible for a high street firm which doesn't have money set aside for quality and diversity. And Scotland's legal profession um, is mostly high street firms. So I think, like, well, how do we how do we make it easier for all firms to freely access standards of equality that are adaptable to a law firm's business needs and resources? So I thought, you know what, we're going to come up with our own like five principles, and. Um, and we looked at, you know, uh, innovative intersectionality, senior buy-in, and we thought, well, actually, let's come up with the Glass Charter. It has these five principles in it that allow firms to, to apply two of the five principles a year, to work together, to collaborate together, and to rely on each other in a non-competitive way where we are all sort of raising the standards um, across Scotland. And um, the Glass Charter, anybody can join. We're going to be reaching out to universities, and then in the next couple of weeks to actually see how can we 
empower students to ask firms, oh, do you, like, do you implement the glass charter? Because students are the future and students should be carving out and sort of demanding what their future is going to look like in law. This glass charter is kind of a version of doing that where actually any firm can now look at this charter and think, right, what in this barrel of, of recommendations can we use to promote um, equality and diversity in our business. There's now no longer an excuse for firms to be like, we don't know what to do. But like, listen, here is a free PDF. It's like 19 pages long. It has all the glossary you need. It's all the dates you need. And the glass charter is our way of really giving something to the profession and giving something to the professionals that they can use to work forward. It's brilliant. It's so empowering. Um, I think people are something Lucy and I have talked about before is that when you go, when you start your law studies or when you become a sister, you, you often you want to do good. You want to be doing something that has a positive impact on, on communities. And sometimes it's just hard to know how to do that. Um, mm -hmm. How do you do that in a way that is thoughtful and considered and um, does no harm? And I think that's such a great example of that. It's um, making it easy for people to, to do good. It's always a, a brilliant thing to do for sure. My advice to students is based on achievements and failures, things that I have done and haven't done. Things so this, this is me, it's not me saying I've done everything perfectly. This is just saying things, listen, you don't have to scrape your knee because I have. Um, wor working hard doesn't mean working a lot. It means if you do a little, you get there for do a lot. It's like 10 minutes reading, really after every meal. That's half an hour a day in total. That's 2.5 hours at the end of the week. And that builds up and you kind of get into pattern again of like nourishing yourself and doing things that are really easy when you're going to university also just be kind to yourself and kind to others everybody's going to make mistakes both academically and socially and few mistakes last a lifetime and if you're lucky you usually get a lifetime to fix mistakes that you've made so don't worry about making mistakes try to avoid them but if you make a mistake just do better next time and let people know that you're trying to do better Thanks again to Drew for talking to us. Links to the Glass Network and Drew's Twitter will be in the show notes, along with details for our social media and links to other podcast episodes. You can find the show notes on caledonianblogs.net slash lawclinic. Thanks again for listening and we hope that you enjoyed the podcast. Hold up. 